Say, God bless you. Welcome to the house of the Lord. Amen.
and I've learned, I've learned to, to trust, trust God. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his oh, Brother Ray, come and open up for us, brother. Oh, I will bless the Lord. thank you once again this afternoon, Lord. Indeed, Father, we want to bless you, Lord. We want to bless your matchless name. For there is none like thee, O God, among us the gods. Who is like unto thee, Almighty God? 
Oh, we are here to declare that no other God is like unto thee, our Father. Thank you once again, oh God, for bringing us into the house of the Lord. Thank you for this morning, Father. But as a needy people, we are yet under expectation. Lord, Father, for we know once again, you've got a special manner preserved for us this afternoon. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for you have been so good. Father, what shall we render unto thee, seeing that you've been so good to us? Father, this afternoon we praise your name. We appreciate you, almighty God. We want to worship you, give you the praise and worship that is due unto your name. Lord God Almighty, won't you come down this afternoon, consume the sacrifice of praise, come and deliver the packages as it were to your children, oh God. Use the ministry this afternoon. Bless the minister. Use him for your own glory. Your children have got needs that your minister do not know about, but we know thou art an all-sufficient God. Thou art an all-knowing God. Thou art a God who is still touched by the feeling of our infirmities. We will not be a disappointed people. Let our expectation not be cut short this afternoon. Lord Jesus, allow us, O oh Father, to come up to Thee. Heavenly Father, raise us up, O oh Lord, in our expectation only unto Thee, Father. For You said, Lord, You will deliver, Heavenly Father, and have have us all our needs according to your riches and glory undertake for us this afternoon bless the song leader bless the worship this afternoon let anything that will be said and done in this house lord be done and said in the name of the lord jesus father we pray this afternoon that may when all is said and done lord may our hearts yearn and burn like them that came from Emmaus, went to Emmaus, oh god saying did not our hearts burn within us as you spoke to us along the way. Speak to our hearts this afternoon in mighty way. Start with us, Lord, even as we feel your presence in the house. We pray that you bless one and all. In the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. 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 Can you feel the presence of the Lord? Amen. Now, you might uh, want to create a bit of space around you and tell your neighbor that uh, I'm going to start dancing now. Please don't disturb me. <laughs> Hallelujah. When I wait to Namanta, when I wait to Jingwe, when I wait, I symbol to When I wait to Namanta, when I wait to Did you when I went to Namada?
I think at this time I'm going to hand over to the man of God, amen, to carry on with the program, amen. So as we sing, I bless your name, I bless your name, I give you all, I give you praise, you are the life, the truth. Bless your name. I bless your name. I bless your name. I bless your name. I give you honor. Give you praise. Your name, oh God. I bless your name. Let's all say, Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's deliverance in the name of Jesus. There is healing in that name. You are the light. Your name, oh God. I bless your name. Everybody, let's sing. Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's deliverance in the name. There's healing in that name. You are the Lord. Come on, inhabitants of Israel. Greater is he who is in the midst of thee. Good afternoon, friends. Amen. Are you happy this afternoon? Let's give him a healthy hand clap of praise. He's worthy to be praised. He has done great things. Hallelujah. Amen. You appreciate the Lord. How many are under expectation? Zero expectation, zero results. Expectation is the breeding ground of your miracle. Amen. Hallelujah. You've got no reason to doubt him after this morning. He's more than able to meet your need where you are. If you miss your blessing in the morning, guess what? This afternoon it will happen. Why? Because God has once again sent us another ministering spirit. To come and give us the word. Amen. Are you under expectation? Are you under expectation? Say amen to the word this afternoon. Punctuate your situation with an amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 
Amen. Give him a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, he loves to hear your worship. He loves to hear your praise. Amen. It gives me a tremendous honor this afternoon to introduce to you my brother in the flesh, a minister in the gospel. Amen. To bring us the word of life this afternoon. I am under expectation because the Lord has gifted this man in a special way. I know you've heard it from, from him before, but this afternoon we want to pull from the gift. Amen. Let the Lord come through your avenue. Let the Lord come through your address. Say, Lord, it is me. It is me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Not my brother, not my sister, but me. Be greedy as you want this afternoon. Amen. Let's sing hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. As we invite our minister. Hallelujah. Let's raise it up one more time. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, 
tonight? Amen. Do you love him one more time tonight? My, 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 has he been good to you tonight? Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. How many is under expectation? You get according to your expectation. The Bible says, open your mouth and I will fill it. When you open it to say, Amen, he fills it with the blessing you are expecting. So he says, open your mouth and I will fill it. There are some preachers who are comfortable in a cold, quiet environment, very thoughtful, very thought-provoking, very serene, and very, very anointed. Now I'm contrary to that. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm not a man of protocol. I'm not a man of custom. I'm just who I am. And I'm very comfortable in my skin. I'm very happy with my height. Amen. Not many pulpits are designed for short people. If you can't see me over there, don't worry. At least hear me out. Amen. And if you can't hear me out, at least the devils that are bugging you are going to hear me out. Amen. 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 Whatever it is, God chose the foolishness of preaching. None of us made an inquiry to God to say, why have you chose the foolishness of preaching? But he chose it as a method for somebody to get their breakthrough. Praise the Lord. Been so blessed to be here, so happy to be in this place. Amen. I come to notice that South Africa is a very sensitive place. You have to weigh every word you say in case the tape you've preached reaches other circles. Praise the Lord. Now, let me put a disclaimer. I do not care where it reaches. I am in Whitbank, and in Whitbank, I am preaching. <laughs> Hallelujah. After I preach, I'll be out of this place to where I live, where we get our tithes in pounds. To, the God, to God be the glory. Amen. So, I'm not here for money, neither am I here for anything but to be a blessing. So I'm not addressing this congregation. I'm addressing to those that shall stream, spying at our liberty. I've sorted you out right there. I've told you my peace of mind. Now I'm free to preach. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand in praise, somebody. Amen. It's not arrogance. It's brigadacious. 
I brag about my God. Amen. I am what I am by the grace of God. Amen. You never called me. You can't help me out of the kingdom. Praise the Lord. I never called you. I can't help you out of the kingdom. I best but start to like you right now. Because if you are chosen, I have no option. I've got to love you. Amen. Because we are all destined to one heaven. And the heaven is for those that would have overcome down here. Not just to overcome some women or some money or some popularity. You've got to overcome your prejudice, your mentality, your upbringing, anything that's contrary to the word that you harbor. For God will not take you over there before he shakes you down here. That's the whole ethos of why we will not preach in heaven, but just sing and praise. A lot of the preaching happens down here, so we better make the most of it, because as we cross over yonder, some of us will be redundant. Amen. There won't be no pastors over there, no evangelists over there, no teachers over there, Amen. No apostles over there, but they will be praisers and worshippers. As you are worshipping God, you are just living the reflection of what you will be doing over there. Somebody say amen to that. Praise the Lord. God never does anything before he makes a rehearsal of it. Amen. The only thing you can rehearse is preaching. Singing you can rehearse. You can tell each other, ah, 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 raise it to key D, whatever that means. Or raise it to key G. Praise the Lord. That rehearsal you do is not a performance. It's actually a type of what God does. Let me take you down the scriptures. God could never allow David to kill Goliath before he rehearsed on the lion and the bear. God will never allow you to go to your next victory. Before you rehearse on what you are going through right now. That's the God we serve. He rehearses you. Before he gives you. The day of your trophy. So what you are going through right now. You better master the key. So that when you come to sing. You are in the right code. At the right time. You produce the right melody. For the right victory. That's the God we serve. Somebody say amen to that. Hallelujah. You could never allow Brother Branham to enter into the ministry of the third proof before he rehearsed it. He rehearsed it first on a little animal. Progressed it to a fish. He was dealing with animals and aquatics. It was all a rehearsal. For the ultimate day when the tumor is upon his wife and he has to come that day knowing what God is capable of doing because he had already rehearsed. So when he said, before the doctors touch my wife, let that tumor be dissolved, he knew that he had hit the right key. He had done rehearsed it before. You, you cannot get to your prime over breakthrough before you go to your rehearsal first. So the lion was a rehearsal that made way for the bay. And the bay made way for the victories of Israel. 
So God will never take you through anything before he erases you. Amen. I just wanted to greet you all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We've got the saints from our church streaming. And uh, like to appreciate Brother Madiba for inviting me as I have also invited him overseas. Praise the Lord. Amen. It's a very mutual invitation. I was not desperate at the airport and I found my brother. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. I invited my brother and he invited me. So let's see what God has in store for us. Like to appreciate every one of you. Amen. Like because you cannot preach to chairs and to benches. Amen. Praise the Lord. So for coming and making your way to this place, may God bless you. May he meet up with your expectation. Like to appreciate uh, my young brother, Brother Raymond. Amen. Indeed, he is my young brother. Praise the Lord. And uh, what he went through, I don't know whether if I was to go through it, I can stand as he did. Because I have not been through that type of a trial. Amen. So for that, we can only say to God be the glory. Amen. How many appreciate the Lord? Amen. To more serious business, I just want you to turn to your Bibles before we pray so that we can enter into the word. Amen. I just wanted to say a few words just so you see how quirky I am. Amen. It's not just the height, it's even the mentality. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Let us go to Job chapter 1. the story of Job. I just want to start it from verse 6. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan came also among them. So the devil could be here too. And the Lord said unto Satan, whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and eschureth evil. Then Satan answered to the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? Hast not thou made an hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side? Thou hast blessed the work of his hands and his substance is increased in the land. Put But put forth thine hand now, and touch all that he hath, and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, 
Behold, all that he hath is in thy power, only upon himself. Put not forth thine hand. So Satan went, went forth and from went forth from the presence of the Lord. May the Lord add blessings to the reading of his word. Let us pray. If you have a need and a request, if you raise your hand, God sees what's underneath that hand. He is able to give you a heart's desire. Gracious Father, Lord, we come before you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That name that's above every name. Father God, we trust in thee only. Because all other ground is sinking sand. Father God, we pray that you might have your way with us in these meetings that have been ordained as of this year. Father God, you put it upon, our heart, on the, upon the heart of your brother to arrange and be inspired to put this thing together. He had a vision in his head. Father God, you are the only one who can do the exceeding abundant above that which you can ask, pray, or think. May you exceed his vision that he might say, indeed, Lord, you were in the plans. You use the instrumentality of human beings to come to put things together. And then any organizing person can organize a thing together. But when we have committed it into your hands, we are expecting you to come and do what you do best. When human effort has come to its end, that's when divine effort steps in. Lord, step into every situation, step into everything that our brother at the end of these meetings might feel elated and blessed and know that it is the thing that the Lord has done. Father God, I pray for the folks back home and even Lord, dear God, the atmosphere in South Africa. I ask that you be merciful, O oh God. You've given this place a wealth of wonderful, powerful, gifted men. I pray that, Lord, dear Heavenly Father, those gifts are used for the glory of God. Undertake for us as we surrender the service into your hands. Anoint us like never before. Lord, you say to the pure, all things are pure. To the fraud, all things are fraud. We ask you, Lord, to purify our hearts, purify our minds, that we might be pure, and you make all things pure for us. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen and amen. 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 Do you love the Lord? Amen. Praise the Lord. I greet you all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So happy to be here. I'm not here by duress or for convenience. I'm actually loving it. Amen. I'm enjoying every moment. I'd like to appreciate our pastor. He's put me in an executive suit where there is a big bed. I'm just rolling across and rolling across and enjoying myself. There's a coffee. There's everything. You can play soccer in the bathroom. Everything is so big. And uh, uh, our brother has just put me on a spot because England is a tiny island. It means our houses are tiny, our hotels are tiny, and that which he has done for me, I pray that he does not expect it when he comes over yonder. <laughs> Amen. Because I might as well tell you now, you will not get that level of service. That was God just honoring me through you. 
Amen. So for that, we are truly thankful. Amen. The best we could do is probably find you a little hotel called Premier Inn. Amen. That's where we normally put our ministers. It's got no suit. It's got no nothing. It doesn't even provide soaps. That's where we come from. Just so you come with a realistic expectation over there. Amen. Because once you've been put in there and you're the one from the first world and the man is coming to your country, he's put you under pressure. That's all I'm thinking about. Now, what am I going to do when he comes over there? (laughs) Amen. But all the same, I truly appreciate the breakfast, the lunch. Amen. I'm just just, just being treated like a king. And I would like to thank God for that. (laughs) Amen. Praise the Lord. So I greet you all in the name of Jesus Christ. I appreciate everything that's been done so far. Amen. I'd like to also greet a few friends. Amen. I was looking for the brother. We had the old 544. Where were you, my friend? Hey, Kunjani, my daughter. Ah, Lekai, Lekai, Lekai. I'll get it right one of these days. I'm a very daring man, so I'll attempt a language until I master it. Praise the Lord. So, look, I was so much looking forward to seeing you. He's my friend, that guy. I just like the way he is, the way he sings, the way he moves, how he is thin, how he is tall. I just like my brother. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, how many is happy to be in this place? Amen. So, that makes the two of us, you and me, we are happy. Amen. Muruti, are you happy? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Muruti is not pretentious. He has no air around him that will put a preacher nervous. So I suspect that he was praying for me. So you are going to get according to your prayers this evening. Amen. To God be the glory. So you may be seated in his presence. I just read a scripture from the book of Job. The book of Job happens to be my favorite book in the entire Bible. Amen. I love it. I love it. I love it. So, uh, I am so glad to start with the scripture from Job chapter 1. Because Job is the original patriarch. Amen. Job is the one that's responsible for marking where Abraham ended up buying the cave of Machpelah. It was Job who said, though the skin worms eat my flesh, yet in this flesh I shall see God. It was because through his adversity and his pain, he was praying at a certain point And that point, that's when he had the vision of Calvary. And that particular point, he made a note of it. And when he made a note of that point, it then influenced Abraham. So when that point, amen, that place by uh, purchasing of land and whatever happened for people to end up with title deeds, the title deeds went, went to another type of people. And those people offered that place coincidentally to Abraham for a bearing place. Abraham said, I will buy it so that I can have a title deed to this place. Because that is the very same place that Job saw Calvary. That's where the graves of all the patriarchs were put. 
Even Joseph, when he died in Egypt, he had to be relocated to that place because that place had spiritual significance. The significance of that place was such that 2,000 years later, praise the Lord, that there was a man who was going to be crucified. But before a man, three days lapses, when the graves were open, praise the Lord, many people were seen walking in Jerusalem. It was that particular place where people were seen walking around because that was the gravesite of Abraham, Isaac, all the patriarchs. So that is why they, the saints were seen in Jerusalem. All that was because Job in his affliction saw Christ and expelled his vision and Abraham caught the vision and he bought the place. The place became Calvary. Somebody say amen to that. So Job is the original patriarch. Our prophet tells us that the book of Job is the first book in the Bible. Somebody say amen. The Bible, if you are a new believer, does not start in Genesis and in Revelation. It starts with Job, praise the Lord. When the Bible is written, it's not written of how you think that a scholar came and said, let's start with chapter 1. Chapter 1 in the beginning, ah, ah, that was Moses writing by vision. Amen. God makes years go by and then he shows how it was so that you can believe what it will be like. That's the God I save. Somebody say amen to that. Hallelujah! You know, when there's been such a powerful testimony, it just helps. It makes life a lot easy to know that God is in control. Hallelujah! Do you love the Lord? Do you love the Lord? Oh, somebody say amen. My, 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 my. So the book of Job to me is a very important book. And it's my favorite book. I cannot begin to elaborate the number of sermons I've preached from the book of Job. One of the sermons I preached is from the book called, uh, I call it Job's Doctrine. Praise the Lord. Amen. Job, at one point, praise the Lord, he got sick and tired of what his brothers were accusing him of. So he just said, let's cut to the chase. Let me explain my side of the story. So he started Job chapter 31, started by saying, I made a covenant with mine eyes. Why then should I think upon a maid? What portion is there from above? Is not destruction to the workers of iniquity. Is not strange punishment. Amen. You see, people had accused him so much that he ended up saying, Amen. Let me just tell you exactly where I stand with this gospel. I'm sick and tired of trying to justify my actions. Praise the Lord. The book of Job, praise the Lord, especially chapter 31. If you read it from verse 1 right up to its last verse, it's divided into three portions. The first 12 verses of that book, they speak about his conduct with women. The second portion from verse 12 to 24 speak about his conduct with money. In the third part of that book from that verse 24 right up to the last verse it speaks about popularity. And your prophet simply said, watch, money, women and popularity. You see that's why I love the book of Job. It reminds me it's so much in tune with the message in such a way that when I look at my prophet's message and I look at Job and I look at my prophet's life and I look at Job, I say, yes, this is a reality. This word is alive. The book of Job is not a poetry, it's a reality. Amen. Praise the Lord. So I love the book of Job. Amen. That's my favorite book in the Bible. Not Revelation. Amen. Not Genesis. The book of Job. Amen. There is a reason why God made him the original patriarch. There is a reason why God said there is one that is perfect and upright. 
And then he comes in the New Testament and he tells, be ye perfect. God had already raised perfection on an individual, so he knew he could perfect you because he had already perfected Job. So God could never ask you to be perfect unless he had already rehearsed it in the life of Job. Job was the guinea pig for perfection. Job was the standard of how to handle yourself through persecution, through temptation, through trial. Job is a very, very profound book to me. Are you with me? So I greet you once again in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'd like to greet my personal friend. We had a hard time trying to locate him at lunch. Amen. We grew up together. Amen. We were childhood best friends. We stayed in the same room. We did everything together. Brother Anthony, can you stand for the glory of God? There is my friend there. We tried to look for him. Praise the Lord. And uh, he, figured, he figured in his mind, I mean, I'm not a Muruti, so let them go there. And, and you know, you shouldn't have done that, my friend. We had other people that were not Murutis there, man. Eh? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Brother Anthony, we call him Tony. Amen. Very, very nice gentleman to me. Amen. So, please, Brother Tony, before you run away like you did this lunch, every lunch, be sure to know that we'll be looking for you. So, we, we've made an announcement. If you see Brother Anthony just going out, say, hey, are you the one Muruti was saying you should join? Praise the Lord. If I made my statement clear, Brother Anthony, praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, I'm now relaxed. How many are relaxed? Amen. Praise the Lord. Let us turn to our Bibles, to the book of Romans, chapter 5. Before we announce our title, Romans, chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith. In other words, the PIN number, the PIN code to access God is faith. Amen. You all know the language of PIN number. You get a card from your bank. What follows next is, in a, is a PIN number. And they will tell you, memorize the PIN number and destroy it so that people don't know your PIN number. Now, God has just told the whole Christendom that you have access to God. PIN number, faith. Amen. The PIN number is faith. F-A-I-T-H. That's the password. Amen. So, it says we have access by faith into his grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only so, we don't just rejoice because we've got faith that gives us access to God. There's other reasons why we rejoice. So it says, not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. We rejoice in tribulations also. <laughs> and knowing that tribulation worketh patience and patience experience and experience hope. 
and hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. Are you getting it? We don't just rejoice we have faith, but we also rejoice that we have tribulations because that's where our faith will then work. So faith without tribulation, faith has no outlet. Faith without adversity, your faith has no outlet. So if you rejoice in faith, you must rejoice in tribulation because that's what's going to make and show the type of faith you have. You can't just rejoice at faith. You've got to rejoice at the adversity that will make you exercise your faith. Are you with me? So, that's one of the scriptures I have. Let us go again to Revelation chapter 3. Verse number 10. If you found it, say amen. Amen. Revelation chapter 3, verse number 10. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Amen. I want you to make a significant note of that scripture. Amen. Let's read it one more time. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I will also keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. So nobody is exempt It says, all that dwell in the world. So please do make a note of that. Are you with me? I'd like to greet my precious friend and pastor, Brother Timashe Mayere, amen, and his lovely wife. I saw their wedding, and now I see them in flesh. Praise the Lord. May God bless you. Uh, I hope to hand over my sermon after I finish to him to close it for me. I'm sure it will be an awesome thing, eh? If we have a tag team throughout the convention, eh? So be prepared. We might break protocol and forget that it's Brother Madiba who's the hosting pastor. And we call each other. Amen. It just is the spirit leads. Amen. There's no harm in glory. Hallelujah. Now my title this afternoon or evening is Proving Ground. Look at the scriptures that we have just read. Job did not bring upon himself a temptation. Job did not solicit for the devil to come his avenue. Job did not go out of his way to the enemy's camp and get the consequences of what happened to his life. It was actually God that went to the devil and says, Hey, Satan, how are you doing? Satan said, fine. Thanks for coming to church. 
you are better than some other brothers that I know. He says, yes, yes. I do come to church now and again. He says, so where were you today? He says, I went down the other side of Windbank and the other side of Windbank and then I came. He says, ah, 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 good. So what have you been doing? Oh, well, just going up and down really aimlessly, just looking for someone to tempt. Praise the Lord. And the Lord said, okay, I've got a good deal for you today. Have you considered my servant Job? And Satan said, hey, Job is not under consideration for temptation because I know Job is, it's pointless to tempt Job because you will never win. I mean, you know for a fact that you cannot go and affect Job because you've put a hedge around him. So there is no need for me to even tempt somebody who's got a hedge that's around him. What am I going to do? What, what foolishness is that, that I try to tempt someone that you've already protected? But unless you have to take off the hedge. And God said, okay, fine. Let's remove the hedge then. He says, ah. <laughs> Are you sure? If I touch this guy, he will cast you to your face. If I touch this guy, he won't come to church. He will blaspheme the pastor. Then blaspheme the deacons. And then later on blaspheme the prophet. This person will blame the spoken word. They will blame the spoken word because the spoken word said, only believe. I've only believed. Look at what has happened to me. It says, and moreover, his bank account, you've blessed, you've blessed every work of his hand. Everything about him. That is why, brother, if you are not blessed, if God does not bless the work of your hand, you should ask minimum requirement, role model Job, before the devil tempted him, he was blessed. says, thou hast put a hedge around him. Thou hast blessed everything that he touches. And he's, to top it all, that all up, he's immune from temptation. Now look at us now. No blessings. Everything we do fails. So the devil doesn't even have to go and have a conference with God concerning your situation. He simply says, business as usual. There should come a time in the life of a, be, of a believer that there should be a season where you are tempted, where it's not business as usual. The devil should come to a point of saying, it's pointless trying to tempt this one because I know how you'll treat me. I might as well go up and down the world and find some place else. It was God that provoked Job's dilemma upon his life. God even said, a man that's perfect and upright. One that eschews evil. God even testified that there is no reason to actually tempt him. He doesn't have lifestyle temptation. He's overcome all that. And I'm testifying to you. But the devil said, just remove some of these things that you protect around him. Give him to me for a few days. And God said, right, I'll give you a few days. But 
I'll also give you parameters. Touch his life. If you are thinking that it's his wealth, go ahead. So Job, as we all know, the story starts with everything just degenerating one after the other. One, there was always, I only am escaped. I only am escaped. And God always makes sure that the ones that, are, that escaped were very dramatic in the way that they explained to Job the disaster that has happened to his children. He could never let those that had the correct composure to say, my brother, you can go through this. He allowed those that were dramatic. Because he really wanted the thing to hit home. Have you ever heard some news when people ask you, uh, uh, hello, hello, uh, can we sit down? Once people ask you, can we sit down? They want to tell you news that will break your knees. Before you know it, you collapse. If you are a bold believer, just say, I take all my news standing. Having done all to stand, I stand. I take all my news standing. Good news, I stand. Bad news, I stand. I take all my news standing. On Christ the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. How many say, we take our news standing. We take our news standing. If you come to me to say, sit down, I want to tell you something, no, 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 no. Tell it to me standing, because I'm ready to face the devil in his eye and tell him that, hey, you've messed up with another kind. And I believe this afternoon is messed up with another kind. Somebody say, amen. When he messed up with Brother Ray, he messed up with another kind. When he messed up with you, he messed up with another kind. Hallelujah. Is there another kind in this place? <laughs> my, 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 my. You must tell the devil that what you did next door, what you did the house before, here we draw a line. I'll tell you your size. I'll put you in your place. I'll tell you who I am. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in Not in you in the whole world. I possess the gate of the enemy after a trial. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. You tell the devil, not so. Not so. I call Namadota. Not so. Not in this house. Not in this church. Not with my children. Not in the message. Not so. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm not a pity party preacher. I'm not one given to stroking people and giving them tissue to say, wipe your tears. God shall wipe away your tears. I don't preach about the future. The future will take care of itself. I'm preaching about right now what's happening in your life, what's happening in your home, what's happening at your workplace, what's happening wherever you are right about now. Somebody say amen to that. My title is Proving Ground. Proving ground is a statement that's used in an automobile industry. Because whenever a car is manufactured, whenever a car is a concept, it is put in a proving ground where they simulate, if it's a four by four, they will assimilate certain terrain before they can measure what it is capable of doing before they write its spec to tell you that it is a 4.4 
Amen. BMW I suspension. M suspension. 4.4 IM. It's got so many brake horsepowers. Uh, its torque is like this. Its suspension is like this. It can go in a terrain like this. It can go at a speed like this. It can travel at such and such a time. And then after so many miles, you bring it for servicing. It's because the car, they did not guess what it can do. They put it through a test. And the cars are tested in what is called a proofing ground. Praise the Lord. And I'd like to tell you, my brother, as I lay my background, amen, I'm just starting the conversation. As we go, listen to what your prophet says so that you understand that we are not talking about cars, but we are in a sermon from a, a, a message church. Amen. Unless Mr. Skeptic says these guys, they've got nothing to preach. They're talking about cars. Here is what, your, what the prophet says. And notice, when the trials finally come, Job went through the testing. Oh, I love it. Excuse me, I'm not emotional, but I just get to feeling good. I love it. Testing. God testing his children. Don't you love it? And listen to the statement that the prophet drops. Every trial in the testing, comma, proving ground, exclamation mark. Every trial in the testing, comma, and then you put proving ground. This is a testing time. God testing his people, getting them ready. Before you buy a team of horses, you go out and test them and you check them. And the prophet, when he made that statement, he saw the expression on people's faces. He says, let them pull a while. Run them. See if their wind broken. Got lemons in their nose and so forth. The prophet says, oh, you didn't know that you put lemons in the nose of a wind broken horse. Ha. You do? And the prophet says, all right. He sees that he's speaking to a congregation that doesn't have horses. So he comes to the language they understand. Says, about your automobile, you doctor it up with castor oils and fine oils in the motors real thick and take the knock out of it so they can sell it. See, all these other things, testing. God puts his children through the testing. I'm so happy for it. So he can show his love to you. The lemons that are put in a horse, it's not the actual lemons. It's a herb called lemon. Vadina. 
Because you can't buy horses and just think that they are okay. Because you will buy a horse for your wife on your anniversary that has not been broken. And you will go to your wife and say, Honey, I brought you a fantastic present. You love horses, don't you? He says, Oh, I do. And then you let your wife get onto that horse. If the horse was not tested, it will gallop her off the, off the back. You put her there, the horse will go, oh, car. So it's unwise to buy horses and not test them. You must be sure that the horse responds to the command of the human and is gentle to the touch, just as little nudge it knows what speed to go, you are able to actually put it on reverse, stop, let's go, let's accelerate. It's so obedient, and it will take you where you want. So before you actually attempt to please your wife, you might actually disappoint her on your way to hospital, and you trying to get a refund from somebody that bought you that horse, that sold you that horse. So the prophet says, before you buy any horses, you must try them. So, then when you don't try your horse, you realize later that you should have tried it. And then he says, okay, to you who buy second-hand cars, let's say you want to sell a car with a knocked engine. You put castor oil, you thicken up the oil. So if you come to buy my car, then we'll do a test drive in the car park it will be very satisfactory. You will leave me with money and on your way down halfway between here and Pretoria, that car will prove that it was it had a knock. So a mechanic will come and put oil. Says, ah, you do your test, you check, everything is fine. Because it has been doctored. And then he says, you phone your wife, ah, I'll be there in 30 minutes. We bought a car, it's very nice. Hey, man, we'll be there in 30 minutes. 30 minutes, she rings, says, ah, we are still in Whitbank. Just when I was coming out, it went, gudru, gudru. It just started knocking, praise the Lord. And then you, the man who have sold you, that number you were ringing, suddenly goes off. Because he knows that you will ring for a refund. So cars are sold at Vutustuts. That's a South African term, is that Right? You are buying what you are getting. There is no contract other than parting hands. If you go with it, it's yours. And the money I remain, it is mine. Is that right? You buy a, broke, a, a, a horse that's not broken. If you go with it, it's yours. The money is mine. Somebody say amen to that. Now, God knows that things can be doctored. You can buy something for a pedigree when it's actually not a pedigree. You can buy a car and actually find out that it had a knocked engine, but it was, it was treated in such a way that during that little time you drive it, you will pay your money happily. So the prophet gave this example and scenario in church. Amen. He's trying to simply say, if human beings are this clever, even the devil can sneak one into heaven if we don't put you through a proving ground. Imagine 
If heaven was a place where you just suddenly arrive, despite what you've gone through, what you've been through, what you, you just suddenly, there are not going to be many, many conversions like the thief at the cross. <laughs> In case you are holding on to that one. So he says, oh, I love that. Just for evidence sake, that plant I've told you, the libina seed. Lemon vibina is grown for its hardy nature and strong citrus smell. That's why it's called lemon. If you give a horse that's wild, it might actually be subdued. So you might actually take the horse to your wife. But after the lemon vibina is worn off, that horse will kill your wife. It says, lemon vabina is grown for its hardy nature and strong citrus smell, a popular herb for flavorings and medicinal uses. This plant has a variety of uses for both humans and it pacifies horses. It makes them, it's like aromatherapy for horses. A wild horse can get calm under lemon vabina. So he's... Lemon vabina is a small light green leaf shaped like blades. It blows in late summer and has white or purple flowers. The benefits, lemon vibina has been used in the fields of equine aromatherapy, massage and acupressure to relieve stress and calm nerves of anxious or excited horses. That is its purpose. So when the prophet dropped in the statement and says, don't you know you give lemons to horses? He was meaning this little plant. In case you have an idea and you go and buy the lemons for tea, you'll have the same effect of a horse that's not broken. You will suffer. Amen. So that's what the prophet says. It says, earth is a proving ground. Amen. Listen to this. I'm just laying my background. We are here for uh, until Monday. So I'm pacing myself. You mustn't question anything to God. For the footsteps of the righteous is ordered of the Lord. And every trial is put upon you to prove you. And the Bible said, they are more precious to you than gold. So if God let a few light afflictions happen to you, remember it's for the correction of you. Every son that cometh to God must first be chastened of God and tried and child trained. There's no... There is no... Let me hear you. There is no... Every son that cometh, these afflictions are done or brought, brought about to see what attitude you will take. See, it's God on his proving ground. That's all earth is. Earth is God's proving ground. That's all earth is. And that's why we bypassed our theophany. So that we can come to earth and be tested and be put through the paces 
to see what breakfast powers we have, whether we are four by fours. We can handle any terrain. Or we are sports cars that can go at a certain speed. Or we are scooters. These are the dimensions of some people. Some are scooters. Some are four by fours. Some are supercars. Some are, some can get into any level of temptation and come out with a testimony. Every trial, a proving ground. You cannot determine the brake horsepower of a car by computer only. We have to put it through the pace. That's why the car manufacturer knows that this car goes from 0 to 60 in 3 seconds. So we call it a vanquish. Praise the Lord. This one is a Ferrari. It goes from 0 to 60 two and a half seconds. This one is a Bugatti Veyron. It's because it has been tried and tested and proved. Its tires are not like the tires of a scooter. The tires of a Master 323 are different to the tires of a Ferrari. The Ferrari has been put through the test. They've managed to know that the rubber is going to be different from that little tire, from that little korokoro by the corner. It's got to be able to stand the heat and the pace. That is why we are not Pentecostals. Pentecostals are little scooters. Message believers are supercars. Hallelujah. I feel my thing coming on me. Somebody say amen. I'm looking for a better congregation. Let's make this one one congregation versus this one. I wonder which one is better to preach to. Which, which one has got Skorokoros? Which one has got Ferraris? I'm just disturbed. I do not know which one has four by fours and which one has lorries. Hallelujah, what are we doing here? We are being tested. Our break was power. That is why when a man buys a BMW, he's trying to tell you that I'm not looking for some mediocre car. I want to stand by the robot when it's all red. We are all on the same line. And I look at you and I say, do you know the machine I have? Do you know how fast it can get? We might be going to two lines, but I'll get there before you. Because I've been proved to have the breakfast power. Somebody say amen. I don't know who I'm preaching to, brother, sister. Every trial is to show. Are you a golf cart? Are you a scooter? Are you a supercar? Are you a Mazda? Are you a Maserati? Are you a BMW? Are you a Bugatti Veyron? Are you a Porsche? What are you, my brother? Hallelujah. Are you a McLaren? What are you, my brother? Let's see how many brake horsepowers you have. Because here, earth is proving ground. Because every power is measured in brake horsepower. Even the rapture, my brother, it depends on what power is in you. It's going to be a sharp pain to take you out of this place. Somebody say amen. That's why the prophet preached about the horse and buggy. And then went to the automobile. And then went to the jet. Now he preached about the rocket and he preached the message called countdown. It was all an increase of brake horsepower. There used to be two horses on a horse and buggy. They increased the brake horsepower. And they put a car that had three, four horsepower. Praise the Lord. Improved it. The way that mechanics is going is just tweeting the brake horsepower. That's what God has asked for people to use as a measure of power. 
So before God can take you into the rapture, have you got the breakfast power for that solo flight into the heavenlies? Or you are some clogged up car that will go as we are about to take off. What type are you, my brother? Because earth, why did the prophet use similar language to what people use when they are manufacturing cars? When they start their prototype, before they can go to auto magazines to tell you its spec, what it can do. Every renowned manufacturing company has what is called a proving ground. Where if it's a 4 by 4 they will simulate the most impossible terrains. They will even simulate wet weather conditions. So that they can spec their car. And my prophet tells me, every trial to a believer says, earth, that's all it is. It's a proving ground. So when you are trying a horse, you want to use it and use it in case it had lemon vibina. You want to wear off the lemon vibina until you are left with the reality of the horse. Because if you just take it, when it's under the influence of lemon vibina, you will actually think you've got a good horse. But when the vibina wears off, that is what we are finding in the message. Some people, the vibina has worn off. We are seeing that they were actually not pedigree. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Right now they begin to question and say, yeah, the cloud, did it happen, did it not happen? Lyman Vibina has worn off. They were under the influence of Vibina, so they appeared like their pedigree. They appeared like they are calm. They appeared like they are in the message. They appeared like they wanted it. They appeared like they were for the prophet. Now the Vibina has worn off. If the rapture had happened back then, before the proving ground, a lot of nonsense would have made it to heaven. So God says, before we go in the rapture, let's put ourselves in the paces. Let's run it over there and give it something and run it over there and run it over there. That's why if you buy a car, don't just have a test drive in the car park. Say, let's go into the motorway. Let's see how it goes. And then when you get in there, step on it. And the ticket says, I'll pay for the tickets. Because I don't want to buy something that's been... When you find, how many brothers have had that experience? You get home, you say, ah, brother, you know that guy I was telling you is a testimony. It's not a testimony after all. Praise the Lord. You, it was doctored. It was like a horse with lemon vibina. It was a car with castor oil. So God has a theory and a principle. And the principle is, let them grow together. Don't uproot people. And say, this is tears. You don't know who's tears and who's not. God simply says, I've got my method. Earth is God's testing ground. So I'll put them through the paces. I'll squeeze them until I'll know what they're made out of. So he came to Job and says, hey, Job has been good man, but I haven't put him in the proving ground. So Job's temptation was the proof that God needed for himself. He says, I know what I put in him, 
but I never ran it through the proving ground. So Satan, I withdraw my protection for now. Let's run him through the pace. Let's give him grief. Let's take away his wealth. If that's what he's waiting on, or he's boasting about, or that's what is the cornerstone, that's what makes him tick. Let's remove this wealth. They removed the wealth. Job worshipped. And then the devil came and says, ah, <laughs> some people, brother, I want to tell you, brother, uh, you know, with all due respect, brother God, I want to tell you, skin for skin. You know, you see, it's, if it's something that's not really attached to him, I know how selfish people are. He probably never even loved his children anyway. He probably even never loved the wealth anyway. He says, oh, just don't touch him. And there was always this one who escapes. I only am left. I only am left. And then Job was stripped bare for all to see in earth God's proving ground in the original book the original patriarch to be a role model to be a template to be a pattern to simulate what we should do when we come into temptation so Job was put through the proving grounds. While he was mourning, he says, ah, 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 Job is the type of a person who detaches himself from pain. He says, let's touch him. He got boils from the crown of his head until his wife said, you are better off cursing God and dying. And Job said, thou speakest like a foolish woman. And God knew that he could never, though she had proved her character right there, she was covered by Job's faith. So when we say obey your husband, it covers for your foolishness. Oh yes, Abraham laughed. God never took issue of it. But when Sarah laughed, so you are actually covered by your husband. You know, some sisters, they get very witty and very clever and very upbeat and they actually size their men up. Says, ah, my husband is not very sharp, so I will help him think. No, it's you who is not sharp. Why did you love such a dumpster? The fool converted you and made you proclaim before everyone that I will forsake all others and cleave only to you. So you are the bigger fool. Somebody say amen to that. So you better listen to your fool nicely. Because there are some people when their husband is having a a little mathematical challenge. They are in the kitchen. Their husband is having fellowship with brothers. And the brothers come to a challenge to say, seven times four. And your brother, you know the voice of your husband. And you hear him saying, 21. 
and you are so, and you'll be so convinced that it's 21. And the brothers are trying to show him that it's not 21, it's 28. Don't be a full sister and put your head out of the chest and say, honey, it's 28. You have stripped him naked right in front of his friends. You are better off just praying in the kitchen and say, Lord, just make him realize, oh God, that is 28, not 21. If you make that prayer, you might actually hear him say, how was I getting it wrong? Ah, brother, I'm old. I used to be good at mathematics. Now I'm old. <laughs> because earth is God's proving ground. Just give the Lord a hand in praise. Every trial on earth, a test to prove you. Do you believe it? My, 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 my. Give the Lord a hand in praise. My, 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 what an awesome place to preach. You make half a preacher a good preacher in this place. <laughs> Amen. So do you see that earth is God's proving ground? So what you are going through, Brother Ray, you are just being put through the proving ground. It's so nice to say, they that wait upon the Lord. God says, you've sung this song too, too long. Let me see if you can wait on me. And then he says to the devil, let's put them in the proving ground. And he brings an adversity like no other. <laughs> and then he says, right, let's see if it's a four by four or a scooter. A scooter, you'll see it on the motorway on 10, 10 kilometers per hour going. Supercars will be going. Fim, fim. So God wants to see. Are you with me? Let's read this quote so that you know what the prophet says. These afflictions are done or brought, brought about to see what attitude you'll take. See, it's God, not the devil. The devil actually seeks for permission. And he's actually given the time. He says, try all you can this time. And then he says, see, it's God on this proving ground. And they say, the prophet says, that's all earth is. Do I have any inhabitants of earth? Is proving grounds. And where he is trying to prove. So one day he came to Abraham and says, Abraham, I want to put you in a proving ground. He says, you have a son. Take thy son. Thy only son. But Ishmael was there. And God says, thy only son. But Ishmael was there. Because if Abraham had gone to Sarah and said, God said, take thine only son. I mean, to sister Sarah and say, let's go and sacrifice. 
God said, let's go and sacrifice Isaac. Sarah would have said, no, brother. This is the child of promise. We waited for 25 years. It's not God that you had. It's an evil spirit. It's an enticing spirit. Because God is not an Indian giver. You get the quotations. God is not an Indian giver. He can't give with one hand and take away with another. It's definitely Ishmael that's required. So Abraham knew he cannot go with the story to his wife because he caught the revelation that God will not take you to your next victory before he puts you in a proving ground. Because Abraham was the reader of the spoken words of Job. Because Job existed before Abraham. Abraham knew that Job was asked and tested to the bone. And that's where he saw the revelation of Christ. So now when Abraham goes and he stands by Mount Moriah, says, the people ask, says, so, says, yeah, you stay here. I and the lad are going to sacrifice and we are coming back. It was now prophetic revelation that comes from the inner man. So, Abraham knew that even my servants should not know what I'm supposed to do. This hideous thing that I can't even share. Can you imagine three days journey on your way to kill your son? The first day you are thinking maybe God is going to come and say, attend back Abraham, I just wanted to see your attitude. <laughs> no, 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 he doesn't do that. He says, it's a proving ground. Day two comes. You begin to say, on the second day, God will always do something. God says, right, let's go, my friend. Day three, you begin to see the actual destination of where he said, come and give your child up for a sacrifice. And you arrive. God is still saying, Nothing. Because he's put his son in a proving ground. And then God is quiet. And then you start on your journey with your son. Looking at him saying, if only this boy knew. This God that we save, what he's asked me to do to him. God is about to let me kill my testimony that I waited for for 25 years. Hi. I can imagine if Abraham was a South African, you'd have been going up there going, hey, shh. Hey, shh. Abraham kept going. He got to the place. He thought that by then God would say he will do something. He takes his boy, he puts a grip, he ties him, he ties him, and puts, makes all the fireplace. And the boy says, I see the hood. Where's the sacrifice? Abraham was in his proving ground. And God was saying, yeah, yeah. He was calling all the angels. Says, like, Michael, Gabriel, come, come, come check out. Come check out. And, and Abraham is miserable. He's the only one who knows the secret. The word of God that God has told him. And, 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 and Michael is, oh Lord. He's feeling a little bit squeamish. He says, ah, don't even worry. Don't panic. Abraham ties the boy, arranges him on a pile. He says, right. He says, right. 
he sharpens his dagger and, 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 and Gabriel is saying, Lord. Says, and God says, ah, that's why you guys are angels. You can't stand this type of thing. This is for humans. That's why I didn't put you on earth. You would have backslid day one. These people can stand it. That's why angels can't sing amazing grace when we get over yonder. Because they've never been in a proving ground. Somebody say amen. They will watch us. When we get there, we say, see a They know that they can't join in the songs because they don't know what victory is. And Abraham is right there. And he holds the dagger. A little tear drops out of his ear. Hits the boy and the boy looks. Brother, you could never tell that boy that his father is not a Christian. Because what he saw in his father, not even mama saw it. Just the two of them. And Abraham, he comes, he says, my son, I don't understand why God did this, but you know what? (sighs) It's as hard for me as it is for you. Trust me. God could see that the pace at which he's raising is hoping something happens. And Abraham just says, you know what? This is agonizing enough. Let me just get rid of this and go home and see what the Lord will do. I already prophesied that I and the lad will come back. Maybe I'm about to witness a resurrection. <laughs> so he raises it. And he really just knows that you can't, you can't be giving a superficial prick. You've got to go in the proving ground. So God knows and measures the weight of strength that Abraham raises like this. And he knows that this time it's a point of no return. If he just lets his hand down, that boy is a goner. And Abraham says, in Jesus' name. And God says, Abraham, you have passed the proving ground. How many is here is passing the proving ground? The God we serve. And God says, now I know. I've put you to the pace. I've stretched you emotionally. I've stretched you physically. And I now know what you are made of. I'm going to make you the father of faith. You are going to be the template of how people behave when they come through issues and problems. Somebody say amen. Abraham passed his proving ground. Sister's proving ground is just obedience. Obeying without knowing why. If you obey after an explanation that really makes sense to you, you have not obeyed, you have understood. Are you with me? Earth is God's proving ground. Are you with me? God says, earth is the proving grounds and where he is trying to prove you. Abraham went down that mountain with a testimony only his son was a witness to. The servants were down below. That is why when you give your testimony and it has no witnesses, You simply say, brothers and sisters, my testimony is not subject to your opinion. 
That's why it's called a personal testimony. <laughs> it's not subject to your opinion. It's my testimony. If you believe it or if you don't believe it, if you think it happened, if you think I manufactured, it's still not subject to your opinion. It's my testimony. <laughs> That's what earth is. God's proving ground. Praise the Lord. Here is what the prophet says. One thing that we have to move up to now is a supreme faith to what we have had. Something. You cannot have faith. That faith until you know perfectly what you are doing. I want you to hold on to that. You cannot have faith Unless you know what you are doing. Are you with me? So in order for you to know what God is capable of doing in your life, he has to make you rehearse. And in order for you to go through the rehearsals, while he's making you go through your trial, you are actually being put in a proving ground. That is why it says every trial has to be measured according to the person. Are you with me? Let's open our Bibles to James chapter 1. Just want to read this. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work that ye may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. He says, count it all joy. So James was a friend to Peter. They were companions and comrades. I'm sure when James shared that, Peter said, brother, I like the way you put it, count it all joy. You know how I put it in my letter? Let's go to First Peter chapter 1. I want to show you how I put it in my letter. And Peter comes up as they are fellowshipping. And Peter says, hmm. let's take it from verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ which according to his abundant mercy had begotten us again unto a lovely hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept 
Who keeps us? Who keeps us? Who are kept by the power of God through? We are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. Faith is the pin number to access God's blessings. And he says, Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations. He is preaching to a people that were in heaviness through manifold, which means they are so diverse, so strange, so unheard of, so unique that you can actually say, brother, you don't know my case. Yes. We don't have to know it. We just have to point you to the fountain. And he says, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations that the trial of your faith being much more precious than that of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Look at how Paul takes it. Peter takes it. Paul takes it and says, count it all joy. James takes it and says, rejoice in your tribulation. Peter says, the trial of your faith is much more precious than gold which perisheth in this proving ground. Gold is measured in carats. Kangani, little temptation, few carats. Big temptation. Depending on what praise God wants out of you, he makes your temptation have more carats. Because if he says the trial of your faith is more precious than gold, which means your temptation is actually got more carrots than any gold in the gold deposits of South Africa. It's more precious than gold. So depending on the level of praise God wants from you, he just increases the carrots. If you see people that have just been delivered from a headache, they praise him like they've just been delivered from a headache. But ever get somebody who was like a man called Congressman Upshaw, who had been in a wheelchair for 66 years and had desired to walk. The day that God said, Congressman Upshaw, receive your healing. The, by, the, the spoken word says the old man stood up and life came into his body. And he did a little this. And then he ran. It's something that he had desired for the 66 years. The 66 years of temptation of not being able to walk meant that when he walks, you will go right around the world testifying about the goodness of God. You will hear Brother Branham in the message testimony that Congressman Archer, let's pray for Congressman Archer, he's going to testify to Winston Churchill. And then after Winston Churchill, he's going to meet Stalin. Because he had a story to tell. 
They knew him as a cripple that is a congressman. But he is ready to go say, how you like me now? I believe he wasn't walking like a pious man. He probably had to say, this ain't an old man's stepper. How you like me now? You know how it used to walk? Somebody say amen to that. God wanted to have a totally different attitude to praise from a cripple. I don't suspect Congressman Upshaw had the word sitting. He severed the 60 years, 68, 66 years of delayed praise and walking. He was always jittering. He said, don't worry, my brother. I'm just showing you what God can do. I've got little time before I go over yonder. I've got to walk as much as I can because I had 66 years of delayed walk. Brother, if the devil has taken so many things from your life and he's bringing him back, you've got, to, you've got to rejoice so much for the agony and the tears that you've gone through because he is trying to wake away. Hallelujah. My praise is not cheap. It comes out of a fiery trial. My praise is not weak because it's got some backup. I was, I've been to hell and back and I made it alive. There's not enough devils to stop me from praising. Hallelujah. Excuse me if I'm not according to your church protocol, but there's not enough devils to stop me from shouting. There's not enough devils to stop me from dancing because you don't know what I've been through. You don't know where I've been to. You don't know how I've overcome. You don't know why I'm standing here. You don't know what the devil had determined. But my brother, I had access to God through faith. When I was in the proving ground, I'm now showing that I'm not a scooter. I'm a supercar. I've got serious brake horsepower. Amen. I'm not a horse on lemon vabina. I'm a thoroughbred, as raw as it comes. If I am calm, it's not pretense. It's the Holy Ghost calm. I know whose I am. I know why I am. I know who we are. And I know what my God is capable of doing. He's brought me through. And I know who I am. I've been through the proving grounds. And I've come with evidence. I can imagine when Abraham got back from the mountain. And he took his son and says, go to mama. And the mother saw the expression on the boy's face. The mama, you have no idea. I know scholars say by the time he came from there, Sarah was dead. I'm just dramatizing with my little preacher's imagination. Amen, I'm not a theologian. Praise the Lord. And don't be ignorant of the fact that I know that fact. But I'm just trying to dramatize that if he went there, just using the simple Bible. I can imagine him saying, mama, we went there. As you are seeing me, I am like one from the dead. Because God will never take you to grade two before you pass grade one. God will never make you matriculate. This nonsense of saying 20% is a pass, that's foolishness. 20% is not a pass. Praise the Lord. God putting us through the proving ground. So now do you understand why you are being tempted so on every side? Just endure like a good soldier. Because God is working out your faith to be more precious than gold. 
Diamonds are measured in carats. Gold is measured in carats, but the carat measurement is different. And you are way above all these elements. When you emerge out of your trial with dignity, your attitude is different. Your outlook is different. Your perspective is different. Your demeanor is different. Your character is different. Because character is not a victory. Sorry, character is not a gift. It's victory. It's not something that you can just be born out of. You can be born of the best pedigree of parents. But the real you has to come out. So God would have to allow the devil to put you through a proving ground. Praise the Lord. I'm laying a background for tomorrow's sermon in the morning. Praise the Lord. So you see, Abraham, when he emerged, he could qualify to be the father of nations. We could learn from his faith how to behave in adversity because of what he went through. God proved him and could say, right, for future generations, this is the template of faith. My, just want to pull a few characters. I was just laying my background. My character of someone that was really put through another proving ground is a man called Jephthah. Jephthah was born in uncelebrated circumstances. The Bible says he was the son of a harlot. He could have questioned why he was the son of a harlot. But God needed to put him through a proving ground. Right from birth. By the circumstances. Because God does not worry about your background. He doesn't worry about how you arrived. He worries about how you live. You might arrive through a prostitute. And live through the rapture. <laughs> he does not worry about your arrival. So Jephthah arrived on earth as the child of a prostitute. And then the father takes him in because at least he was decent enough to say, I will feed my misdemeanor, my mischief. Fed him, grew him in the household with his fellow brothers. But he always had the last plate and the leftovers. He always wore hand-me-downs and torn clothes. It was all to stretch him and build a faith. He always came when the last spoon was served after others had taken their seconds. So it developed in him a warrior type of faith. It developed in him a character like no other to survive in strenuous conditions. He was shaken. And on top of it all, he carried a name that that's the child of the harlot. And to make matters worse, when his father died, his brother said, get away, you have no inheritance with us. 
because they also had the book of Moses so they could take some scriptures and say the birthright belongs to the firstborn. There is no inheritance we share with the child of a harlot. Jephthah, go away. But yet Jephthah, what they didn't know was that God had put Jephthah in a proving ground to put him through certain issues and see certain, and be able to thrive with minimum advantage. And that's the way of a Christian, brothers and sisters. Let me submit to you, you ought to survive with minimum advantage. It's not about people still complaining that, yeah, yeah, we have no better condition. No, 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 no. We come out of adversity like a root out of a dry ground. The faith in us doesn't matter where you start. It matters what starts you. If God has started you, you will come out right. So Jephthah got to a point in his life where he accepted what his brothers said about him, the stigma around him, everything around him. Jephthah discovered a God that could transcend his background. I wonder tonight, is there someone that will discover the God that can transcend their background? Jephthah peeled off the complex and he started to excel as a captain and a soldier and in other places that had nothing to do with brothers. God had put him in his proving ground. Then God allowed the Midianites to rise this side. Whenever the children of Israel went into sin, God raised adversity. But God had already prepared a vessel through the proving ground. So his brothers with lack of character and integrity, he had cast him out of the family, said, go away from us. You have no inheritance with us. So as they were enjoying their luxurious inheritance by birthright, God allowed something beyond their capability to come upon them. Don't despise a brother because that brother might be gifted to pray for you and you are the one that will receive the sickness. God just does things that way. God will take you through a proving ground for a purpose. To squeeze your personality out. So that he can have full reign and control. So Jephthah could see that I'm unwanted. I grew up with a stigma. I've got a complex. This is what it is. And one day, he heard that the people he had been sparring with. And he had always come out tops when they spar. Are the ones that are affecting his brothers. So Jephthah came to his brothers and said, you must renounce your statements about me first. Make me your leader if you want. And the brothers convened a meeting. As they convened the meeting, they said, ah, no brother. Me, I would rather die by my principles. Wars are fought for a principle. There is no way I will submit to a child of a prostitute. He has no inheritance with us. We, yeah, we are tossers. 
we are the pedigree from the tribe of, Zu, of Chaka Zulu. We will not succumb. That's why we have all these tribal things. It's just pride. Just a little bit of arrogance. And Jephthah just had their brothers convened. They came out of the meeting and says, Ah, Jephthah, we want to tell you. There is no way we are changing our statements. It's the scripture, brother. Go to the book of Deuteronomy. Go to the Levitical laws. You are the child of a harlot. You, can have, you, you, want to, you have the audacity that you want to lead us. You. Then they went back. God raised the temperature of the adversity. This time now they have the meeting under the table because the Midianites were just flowing in arrows. So what's going to happen? We have no choice. We are ambushed. We are surrounded. The only one who can fight this battle is Jephthah. Another one says, I have uh, me. He misses an arrow. Says, ah, let him rule for whatever it's worth. It's temporary. Jephthah, you are now the captain. <laughs> Jephthah came out and went to pray. He is still in the proving ground. He says, Lord, if you give me victory, the first thing that comes out of my house, I'll sacrifice it. And Jephthah goes home. Probably you are suspecting it's always the cat that comes out first. This time it's his daughter. Still in the proving ground. God says, are you sure with what you vowed to me? I'll put you through the pace. Then the daughter just hears some steps and says, that's got to be dead. Daddy! Jephthah says, ah. My daughter, why have you come out? Every time you normally delay to come out, it's cats and goats and pigs and sheep that come out. And he prayed and said, Lord, God says, earth is God's proving ground. You want to see what you are made out of. Don't make a vow before the Lord if you don't mean it. Because you are in a proving ground. Mm, these are not resolutions. And Jephthah had to embrace his daughter. Said, My daughter, I made a vow before the Lord. That everything, anything that comes out first, I'll sacrifice. Because I need to regain my dignity from my brothers. I vowed to fight for them against their adversity. And Jephthah says, my daughter, I'll give you three months. And then after three months, we will carry out what God has said we should do, what I vowed before the Lord. Says, the daughter said, daddy, if that's what you've said before the Lord, I'm not going to denounce the Lord. She stood the test in a proving ground. So Jephthah might have thought that by the time they go to sacrifice, God will repeat what he did to Abraham. Abraham raised it and God said, up, stop. Jephthah was thinking that when he raises it, God is going to say, Jephthah, you are exactly like Abraham. And God said, we are in the proving ground. I don't want people to play with my words. 
let it go with its intensity right into that girl. Because God is not raising bastards. He's raising a pedigree of powerful believers that will make it into the rapture. That is why if you wanted a pity party, you should have become a Pentecostal. <laughs> Message is not for pity parties. Message is for egos. We tell you who you are. You can rise above your circumstance. You can rise above your situation. You can rise above everything. Amen. God allowed that thing to go into that girl and she was sacrificed and Jephthah went and fought valiantly. Now when Jephthah was now killing those Midianites, he had a temper that was exacerbated by the fact that he had killed his daughter in worship. So he was not sparing the Midianites or the Philistines because it was now God I've sacrificed I must kill them. If you've ever been through trouble, that should make you get angry at the devil. So Jephthah became a judge, but all his life was a proving ground of character. Can I pull out another character? I've got two more characters before I go. I was a man called Joseph had a perfect dream, perfect vision to be fulfilled correctly and powerfully. And God said, I will not let you reign before I put you through the proving ground. He says, okay. Joseph had a problem with just going to his brothers and speaking his mind. He was not diplomatic about it. So he ended up in a pit. When he was in a pit, then sold. Then he landed in Potiphar's house. Earth is God's proving ground. He was accused of a crime he didn't commit. It was God taking Joseph to the proving ground. When he was accused, he even left the evidence when he got to Potiphar's house, he could see a ray of light. He thought he could praise God all he likes. But God had him under training. Because he needed him to be at a high post. So he needed to be proved his character around women. So he got into prison as a rapist and was put in a ward or a cell with rapists. And they were saying he's innocent. And every rapist was saying, ah, my friend, me, if that woman had come to me, he would narrate his story. He says, me, I would never have been convicted. Right now, I would be out with that woman. You are here because you ran away. You are here. You never went to a she came. In our proverb, in Shona, we have a proverb that says, Zawiram squander. It came on its own. All you needed to do was just do what was required. And you ran away. And you find yourself here. You are a fool. 
And yet it was God trying his character around women. God can promote you and give you a higher office at work and bring the loosest Jezebel as your secretary. When she dresses, her cleavage is here. And her skirts are here. And every morning she's coming. Morning, would you like some coffee? And you have to stand. You have to rise above insulting her. And actually win her to Christ. Rise above saying, you Jezebel, you have an evil spirit. No, no, she doesn't know any better. That's at work. You have no business. You have to be professional at work. Yeah, pastor, this, this girl, she works with me. I'm telling you, she's a Jezebel. And I told her, told her you must dress properly. No, there's no dress code at, at work. Yeah, you speak all your dress code with your wife at home eating nothing. God put you in that position <laughs> to overcome that last and see her as a poor, demented soul that needs the grace of God. <laughs> now, if you rise to the level, it's a temptation. No, no, that's not what we are talking about. That's, that temptation does not have carrots. So Joseph was there. God putting through the proving ground. Put him into prison. Interprets a dream. And tells the people, remember me when you go out. Did they remember? The trial of your faith working patience. Let patience have its perfect way. Amen. Then the Bible says, then God, the word of the Lord came to prove Joseph. The psalm says he was sent to Egypt. But we know he went bound. Because he was in a proving ground. Proving ground will stretch you. There are things that will make you think, I think something will happen tomorrow. And then God says, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. You are not patient. There are some people who make foolish prayers and say, Lord, if it doesn't happen tomorrow, I'll quit the Bible. You have just failed in the proving ground. You don't give God ultimatums. You do not do that. Say, yeah, if this doesn't happen, I'll tear my Bible. Wrong. I'll tear my spoken word. Wrong. You have forgotten that in the Bible, in the spoken word, it says the trial of your patience is far more precious than gold. Every temptation is its weight, weight, its carrots. Joseph got into prison for what his brother Reuben didn't get into prison. Joseph was going through his proving ground. Reuben went onto his father's porch. So Genesis chapter 41, 49. You will find that Israel is blessing his people. 
he starts by announcing the blessing of his firstborn. Let's see this. Genesis chapter 41, 49, sorry, verse 1 to 4. If you found it, say amen. Amen. Remember I said I'm laying a background for my preceding sermons. So, Brother Ray, what you were going through is called proving grounds. To stretch you and to pull you to see what you are made out from. What material you are. Verse 1, and Jacob called unto his sons and said, gather yourselves together that I may tell you that which shall befall you in the last days. Gather yourselves together and... It, ye sons of Jacob, and hearken unto Israel your father. Starts by pronouncing the blessings. Reuben, thou art my firstborn, my might, the beginning of my strength, the excellence of dignity, and the power of excellence, and the excellence of power. That is what Reuben should have been. The excellence of dignity. He should have been like Joseph, perfection. He should have been the excellence. When we talk about dignity at its best, that's what was his destiny. Then he was put in the proving ground with one of his aunties. One of his mother's concubine, mother's, uh, what do they call them? Handmaids. Jacob's concubine. The excellence of dignity. What did he do? Verse number four. Unstable as water. When was his instability proved? As they were going through life, the kind of things that were temptations showed his instability. It says, unstable as water, thou shalt not excel. You were excellence of dignity, you were excellence of power, and you are now being told, you will amount to nothing. Because thou wentest up to thy father's bed, then defilest thou it. And he went up to my couch. Now, verse number four would have not been written if he had avoided his loose auntie. Because he was supposed to be the excellence of dignity. He was supposed to say, sister, ah, we don't do that. Don't mistake my Simplicity. Me, I, I, I don't like people that fear women. Amen. Brother, you will fall. You will fall with women. You will fall. Ah, I don't subscribe to such nonsense. Brother, you must be careful. You will fall. I can't live on eggshells thinking that I might fall. No, 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 no. The sin 
of immorality is not something that happens by accident in pick and pay. It's literally planned. You plan how to hide, where to go, how to cover it, and how to actually, when you finish, you actually see when you are coming out, you don't want to meet a brother. Those things just don't happen. No, Pastor, Pastori, it wasn't my fault, man, Pastori. I was at the till and I wanted to pay, and suddenly, no. No. No, it doesn't happen like that. So I've never been a person who fears to fall. I know someone say, take it when you think you stand, lest you fall. I know that scripture. I'm only saying that I don't live in the atmosphere of thinking I fall. <laughs> Are you with me? <laughs> And the worst to deal with this are mom rooties. Pastor's wives. Hey! That sister, she made a cake. You must be very careful. You must be very careful. You will end up with no church. It will be you now and mom root. Mom root is chasing away everyone. She thinks he's a target to the, to the wife. <clears throat> because we've been betrayed by those that have gone before us. We have a lot of elders that fell by women. So every mom routine takes it a business to protect her husband. You will ruin God's work. <laughs> mm. the, way, the way you look at sister so-and-so, when sister so you are so happy with sister so How am I supposed to behave as a pastor? <laughs> supposed to be angry. Mom Ruti is scanning like a CIA in private investigator. <laughs> you are simply showing that you are thinking that you keep the man of God. You do not keep any man. A sinful man will actually go and sin and come back and pretend as if nothing has happened. So if you are worried by what you see, what about when he's not with you? You must be sober. If you fear for your husband, and now he goes somewhere and he goes to a place like Soweto. <laughs> and the women are saying, like I... <laughs> my, 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 my. <laughs> There's something I don't like about Mamurutis. When Mamurutis get together, if there are a few sitting down, they are discussing sheep. Yeah, while they are clutching their expensive handbags. Yeah, they never give us time to rest, me and my wife. Don't you know that that handbag was bought by the tithes? The tithes that come from the people that you despise. Amen. 
They should know when to come. They should know. No, 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 no. You are getting it all wrong. <laughs> if you know that your husband is a nonsense, just don't be preachers. And stay safe where you are not overprotective. It's like an ark that you're constantly holding. It might fall. You will die like Uzzah died holding the ark. Pray for him. Iron his clothes. Love his children. Respect him. If you do those things, you'll be like Sister Branham. When she got into a predicament where Brother Branham had to speak the third pool, what did the prophet say? She irons my clothes. That's what got her out of her mess. Now, when you leave message principles because of your own insecurity and your own upbringing, you'll become very paranoid. And you'll drive yourself into depression. Relax. I don't even know how I got there, but I got there anyhow. So that we can have a wonderful convention. As we go, praise the Lord. Do you love the Lord? Reuben could have been the excellence of dignity. But when he was in the proving ground with women, he fell. His description was, thou shalt not excel. He should have been the excellence of power. Now, he's the least esteemed. Because of being in the proving ground with women. But Joseph, he became a fruitful bow. Because when he was putting in the proof, when he was putting the proving ground with women, he passed. What his father failed, what his brother failed. So he lost his birthright as a firstborn into Joseph. What overcame him is what made Joseph the candidate. So if you don't overcome your temptation in the proving ground, somebody will overcome it and they will get the blessing that was meant for you in your proving ground. So when you contrast these two characters, they were both put through the test. The same thing that brought a testimony with Brother Ray can actually be the same thing that makes somebody blaspheme and leave the message if their child dies. It's the attitude you adopt in your proving ground. Praise the Lord. As I finish my sermon, Brother Branham speaks about this young man at his obituary. He says, this is a proving ground. A trying time. Garnet met the specifications that God required. When he was put in the proving ground, every speck was met and God took him to glory. Garnet was a cripple. Garnet was a friend to Brother Branham. He could have been healed. But Garnet says, no, Brother Branham, 
Leave me alone. Me, I love the Lord. My soul is healed. Because God has kept me. I could have been a very, very rowdy teenager if, every, if I wasn't like this. Finding joy in his adversity. That's how you meet the specifications. Isn't that the language you use in the car industry? I want to spec my car. Little do you know that every temptation you're going through, it's God specking you. Third pool candidate, good spec. Doubting Thomas, terrible spec. Skeptic, sleeps in church, bed spec. Garnet met the specifications that God required. And today, Garnet is not dead. Brother, if you even thought that if you had reserved, if I was Garnet's parent and I thought, where is my son gone? And you hear the prophet saying, Garnet is not dead. He sleeps with the one that he loves more than anything else in the world. More than he loved. As much as he loved his parents, he loved everybody he came into contact with. He loved. Yet the one that he supremely loved was Jesus Christ. He is going to be with him. May you who shared the lesser love. Now somebody dies in the message. Says, Why did God take my child? And the prophet comes and says, May you who share his lesser love. May you all prepare to meet him at that great resurrection. That's Garnet's obituary. Been through a proving ground and met every specification. How many here as we begin the convention say, Lord, help me to meet every specification. Just make me so humble that I will meet every specification. Because I don't know when I'm called upon as earth is God's proving ground. At every time I'm being tried, the Bible says, many are the afflictions of the righteous. But it's the Lord who delivers out of them all. So you must meet the specifications. You must be in a proving ground. I don't care what she says. Me, I've made up my mind. You are failing to meet the specifications. There is one man that Brother Branham had as a friend who went through a rough patch in life, gone through so many things. You know, a man called Welsh Evans. Welsh Evans was bit by a cotton snake, one of the deadliest in Florida. Amen? While they were fishing with the prophet. And Brother Branham had a voice say, say, if you lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. If they drink any deadly thing, if a serpent bites them, then he prays for him. And the brother gets to a Welsh Evans was a big man, weight-wise. And they were in the middle of nowhere. And there was Welsh Evans' brother Three months before that, 
was also bit by a snake and was hospitalized for three months. What are the chances that two brothers, one is hospitalized, bit by the same snake, hospitalized, and the other one is bit by the snake, is prayed for? It's because God wanted to show the difference. That this one is met the specification, is understood, is believed. So I've saved him. He was beat at about 11 in the morning. And his brother was saying, let's rush to the hospital, you will die. And Welsh even said to answer, says, if God has kept me from 11 in the morning to 11 at night, I believe you will keep me all the way. God was preaching a sermon. One was proved in his proving ground and he passed. Welsh Evans, one day was going to church, going so far away. Left his car at Bowling Green in Louisiana and his car was stolen. Brother Branham prayed with other brothers. And then it just didn't happen. Vision didn't break up right there. And at some point, Brother Branham said, no, your car is safe. They'll bring it back. They prayed. says, Brother Branham saw that the person that had stolen the car had been a backslidden Christian. And the Holy Ghost smote him. And he came and put the car where he had taken it. But Brother Branham says, the attitude that Welsh Evans had taken This is a man that travels 750 miles to come to church. And God allows his car that he comes to church from a long distance to be taken. So that the test is, I will not go back, I will not worship so far. Why would I go back? Why God God can't protect my car? He knows I travel 750 miles and he allows my car to be taken. I'll find a church nearby. Because this is not fair. Can't God see? That is why you ought to be careful how to discuss in your bedrooms with your wife when you're going through hard times. Earth is God's proving ground. God was trying Welch Evans' attitude. A man that goes and travels that far, he used to clock 1,500 miles per service. And it's his car that gets stolen with his goods and everything from Louisiana. He was stolen in Louisiana. He is from Georgia. He used to go to Jeffersonville. It was a proving ground. Welsh never lost his composure. When you are in your temptation, don't lose your composure. Welsh, Brother Branham said, you will get back your car. The only thing he lost was half a tank of fuel. But he ended up with a testimony that God can restore. (laughs) The trial of his faith became much more precious than gold. Welsh Evans had a son that died just after the message. Thy house, his son was in that sermon. Welsh Evans' son died, and Welsh was troubled to think, my son wasn't exactly, exactly saved, saved, saved. You know what I mean? When you know that he does come to church, but he's not saved, 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 you know. He died in that condition. So the father was now worried. Welsh Evans was very worried. Has my son made it to heaven? And Brother Branham said, 
Welsh, I know what's bothering you. Do you want me to look for your son in the regions? Brother Branham went to heaven and went to hell. He says, he is not in hell. I see him, I saw him with my, my daughter, Sharon. Don't worry. He even said, do you want me to pray for him to come back? He says, ah, leave him over there. <laughs> Proving ground. That's all it is. Nothing else. We are here to be proved who we are. Nothing more, nothing less. We are not here to testify. Testify is part of the benefit. But the actual purpose for you to be here is to be run through the paces to see whether you are a pedigree, rapture candidate. Earth is God's proving ground. Welsh Evans really, really saw God. And then at another time, I can't remember what type of meat they kept in their fridge and put Brother Branham's name on it to say, when Brother Branham comes, we want him to enjoy this meat. Just the attitude. It's not like because they were close to Brother Branham, they were immune from adversity. If it was somebody else, says, Whatever Murutu sends me, I do. I even go anywhere. Ah, me. But now look, look at what has happened to me. What has happened to me with all that I do for the church. No, it's not about what you do and what you don't do. It's just what it is. I have a friend of mine, Brother Anthony, over there. He got involved in an accident. And lost his brother-in-law in that accident. His wife's brother. Some years ago. It was just a proving ground to see. Because the question you have when you are being tried. Is with all that we are. You somehow think in a naive way that. If we are in the message we are so protected. Nothing happens. We are immune. Ah, ah, ah. You could be immune in the Pentecostals. Because there are scooters. You don't put a scooter through paces. You break the engine. You can't drive a scooter. From here to Cape Town. It will explode before you pass Jobek. <laughs> because earth is God's proving ground. Hallelujah. So how big is the engine of your skin? Well, how much fuel do you get in your scooter? 0.5 liter. Where will you go with 0.5 liter? Brother, being in the message is being a proper V6 table charged, many brake horsepower, a supercar, a Porsche. That when you step on it, it says, right, Cape Town, here we come. Please, Lord, take away the motor highway patrol because I'm ready to cruise. This car has been tried and tested. We know what it's capable of doing. Brother, you cannot get into the rapture before you are tried and tested, before God can trust you. You've got to go through a proving ground. Earth, shout with me, earth is only a proving ground. We are not going to heaven saved by the bell. No, 
we are going to overcome everything and then say, even so, come Lord Jesus. Because earth is God's proving ground. Are you with me? Are you with me? Garnet met the specification. How many here say to themselves, why am I such a weary? As we rise to our feet. Why do I complain? Get on with it. No, but I need, people need to understand me. No, understand the word. Then you'll understand your problem. That earth is nothing but God's proving ground. Before you can come out and say, this Bugatti is more powerful than this, you have to have proved. And then you put a value on it. Because you've proved that it's a car that can sell for above a million. But a Skoda for a few thousands. They are all cars. But the other one has been proved. The materials in it are a lot more precious. The things that message believers go through, Pentecostals commit suicide. That's just the nature of things. The kind of things that you, you, you face. Some of you are wishing your problems away. No. Earth is God's proving ground. Whatever you went through is not meant to be a negativity. It's actually meant to be a testimony that look at me. With all that I've been through, I love God so much. What you think is my frailties or deformity or disadvantage is actually where I praise God for. Because I've passed the test of the attitude I was supposed to adopt based on what I've been through. Earth is God's proving ground. Unless you are a horse that's been given lemon vabina. That is why the rapture hasn't taken so long. Because some people is, are still to be proved whether they are rapture material. Some of them we admired by seeing them on the internet preaching and they got to become big name preachers. But after they were shaken with grief, they will come up and say, the message is nothing. Some of it is just downright grief. Man loses his father who was a prominent message teacher. He's a prominent message preacher. Lose gets disillusioned. I don't mind people that get disillusioned. It happens. Even John the Baptist got disillusioned. He said, Art thou he, or we should wait for another? But at the day, first day of his misses, behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. And then he heard what happened. He was ready to be beheaded. He knew that I've, I've run the course. How many here say, Lord, strengthen me. Let this understanding sink into my spirit. 
that when I'm faced with adversity, I take the right attitude because all that's happening is to prove. Because that's what earth is. Earth is God's proving ground. I won't question the trials that bring me to my knees. That's just his way of telling me he loves me. Increase my courage. Give me grace to stand and have a song in the night time. When all hell is breaking loose and I can't understand why things are happening in my life, I still need to have something that says the anchor holds. Earth is God's proving ground. Whatever you are going through, instead of looking at it in a nasty way, pass the test. Increase your love for God. Because God will never tempt you above that which you can bear. You will never allow a testimony to come in your life unless he's actually measured your worth. After all, if Brother Ray did not go, what he would go through what he went through, we would have been still trying to break through the convention. His proving ground has made a way for somebody else to understand that we are all on a picnic. Earth is God's proving ground. Shout it with me. Earth is God's proving ground. That is why we are given a special privilege to go into the millennium before heaven to rest from the proving ground. After the car has been through its test, the engine is hot. You pack it in the millennium before it can go and enjoy the heavenlies. That's just what the millennium is to say. The engine is too hot. It's been going at such a pace. Let's give it a thousand years and bind the devil with a chain of circumstances. Shout amen, somebody. Hallelujah. Bible says, count it all joy when you enter into diverse temptations. Some people are worried. You know, let me just finish with this quote just to give you something. You ought to have a supreme faith. It's an unadulterated faith. Have faith until you know perfectly what you know you are doing. So now you know that every temptation is a proving ground. How many say, now I understand? It says, when you understand, like you, you walk. It says, you just say, well, I'm going home. I'm going out and to start a car. That's all an act of faith. That is why Romans chapter 5 says, Beloved, we have access to God through faith. Because that access through faith is what we will use in our problems. Knowing that the trial of our faith, the tribulation will work the patience. You heard it from Paul. You heard it from James. You heard it from Peter. And you heard it from Brother Branham taking a word that is simulated in the car industry. And he says, earth is God's proving ground. So if you know that, you must have supreme faith. And he says, tomorrow we'll meet at a certain place. That's all an act of faith. Because you've just done it so much because it's a regular routine with you 
You don't crank up faith. It's something that you are. Because that's your access to God. That becomes supreme faith when you know that he will never fail you. And you will become like the children of Israel in diaspora before Nebuchadnezzar. It says, we want you to know, O king, that we will not bow. Nevertheless, if our God will not deliver us, we will still not bow. So a testimony is not a subject to only a positive outcome, even if it becomes negative. It's still a proving ground. How you react after that negativity. Amen. Some will be tried with serious sickness. Others will be tried with grief. How are you going to stand? Well, that's the way the things of God are. After you have trusted him and watched him do so many things till it becomes just a regular routine. And that's the condition I think the church will be. be in, that the church will be in before the coming of the Lord. So we must expect testimony after testimony after testimony after testimony after testimony, after testimony, after testimony, after testimony until it builds up rapturing faith. So the rapture will just go on that way. It will just be a regular routine of following scriptures and the plans of God. Whatever you are going through, God has a purpose to make you follow scriptures. So from that supreme faith, you have what is the human faith. Brother Bram is explaining, says one of them is the human faith and the other is the divine faith. That's what we ought to have. The divine faith. Brother Bram is preaching to a crowd. He says, most sermons that Brother Bram preached were either preached in Jeffersonville, Chicago, Los Angeles, Life Tabernacle, and then Brother Motson Baudrillard's church, and then Jefferson, and then another, the other place he frequented was Shreveport, Louisiana. Most sermons were preached in that place. So Brother Bram says, you must leave the humanistic faith and come to a divine faith. Yes. So he looks at the congregation and says, you are a wonderful set of people. I don't believe you can find any more faith. Is what I mean. Is what I could call. I'll explain it tomorrow. The levels of faith. You see, what human faith is and what divine faith is. But humanly speaking, you are one of the finest audiences I ever spoke to. That's right. If you could only break through that little crust there. Which means the people could get so far. After the convention, they are back to their normal routine. The convention never took them to, to change a paradigm shift in their thinking. 
So humanly speaking, it was a wonderful convention. But realistically, you are back to your old right. So I want to say as we start the convention, we want to break that human faith and enter into a divine faith where things become automatic. If they are negative, they don't pull you down. If they are positive, they just propel you. It's just divine faith operating through and through. <clears throat> Says, I'll explain it tomorrow, the levels of faith. What human faith is and what divine faith is. But humanly speaking, you are the finest audience I ever spoke to. That's right. If you could only break through that little crust there. How many say, I don't want this convention to have a climax where it says, oh yeah, Brother Raymond's testimony was nice. Wow, awesome preaching from Brother Maliku. Wow, did you see the Skosana family when they were singing? Wonderful. Then you are back to your misery again. Humanly speaking, you are wonderful. But we must break that crust. Says, that's right. If you could only break through that little crust there, it just divides right there. Just a little ravel. If you could just go over it, you will go from a tributary. How many want their faith to grow from a tributary into an ocean of faith? Says, you know what I mean? Just believe. And the prophet says, just don't try to make it so orthodox. That's the problem we have now. The technicalities of the message. The prophet says, just don't try to make it so orthodox. What all have you to do? And what all? No. Just be like a little girl. You, say, you saw her smiling through her adversity. Yeah. The eye would be gorged out, but you'd still have a smile. Just be like a little girl or a little boy that's reaching out to daddy's hands for a lollipop. And he said, son, this is yours. Just like that. It will happen. It will happen. Don't make it all so orthodox. Right now, just say, Lord, I'm here. Start with me. Finish with me. I want to have a supernatural encounter in these meetings. I want to break that little crust. I want to come out a different man. I want to smile in my trial. I want to say, is this what will come out? Because earth, after all, is just a proving ground. Look at the men that have gone through their adversities. Look at how they have come up. So right now, start by saying, Lord, breaking that crust simply means I have to be as simple as a child said, Lord. Just like a child says, Daddy, can I have a lollipop? There is no too much protocol in asking for a lollipop. Daddy, can I have a lollipop? Yeah, here's a lollipop. Just like that. And I believe the Holy Ghost is here tonight. 
if you've ever had mind games of the things that have happened in your life, the things that you don't understand, at least know one thing. Garnet met his specifications. You are supposed to meet your specifications as earth is God's proving ground. May God bless you. After all this life is over and our burdens have been lifted and we stand upon the mountain top so tall city all that the Savior is preparing it gives me faith that I can make it oh after all after all this life is over that he gave your specifications have got to be disputed at some point in time and have to be proven if you say I'm strong what makes you claim that you are strong whatever you claim it has to be tested Muruti I remember 
in this country there was a time where BMW came out with an ad I think that after they had released an M5 and they put a payoff line that claimed that this was the fastest sedan in the country it's a claim that they put out there then the manufacturers of Subaru said we beg to differ we want to meet at Kyalami, it's a racing track, to test this claim. And they went to Kyalami, they set a date. And after that match, BMW had to withdraw and apologize to the public for a misleading slogan. Don't just make a claim it will be tested. It's good to admire characters in the Bible, but you've got to be a character in the end time. And I just want to say a round of applause for He was just laying the foundation. Tomorrow is another day. In Africans, we say, Mores no Amen. Just give us a worshiping song. Refti, if you can just come and just wrap up in prayer for us. Amen. Maybe a worshiping song first. I give myself away. myself away so you can use me. I give myself away I give myself away so you can use here I am here I
one more time. Take my heart, oh God. that he can use you do you give yourself that you can be tested and proven do you give yourself for that supreme faith do you give yourself for that divine faith oh how much we love you Lord how much we praise you heavenly father almighty God we come before your throne of grace tonight father you've made us understand Why David could refuse Saul's armor and say it's not proven. He said, but I have a slingshot in my hand. This I have proven. This I have tested in the testing ground. 
Father, tonight we stand, oh God. We know that if we cannot be proven, then we cannot be used. Almighty God, we surrender ourselves to you. We surrender our lives to you, dear God. We selflessly give ourselves away so you can use us, oh God. Father, we stand in your presence saying, mold us and make us. You are the porter. We are part of clay. Dear God, we have been standing like that Mexican woman that stood with a dead baby in her arms and said, even if it rains, I'm not going to go anyway. Lord Jesus Christ, whatever situation comes our way, we don't want to be like cowards. We don't want to hide behind the wall. Father, but we want to step out of our comfort zones. Lord Jesus Christ, and let the giant that is inside of us, oh God, be made manifest in this season and proven time. Father, we know the kind of mech that we are. We know the kind of model that we are. Lord Jesus Christ, we are bright material. We are rapture candidates. You say there is going to be a bride without spot and without wrinkle. And we are saying, here we are, oh God. We are ready to match with the masterpiece. Here we are, oh God. Let your word be formed inside of us. May we become, oh God, the vision that is before us. The open vision, oh God, that was being preached unto us. Father Malachi 4 was not just a spoken word prophet. He was also a manifestation prophet. He himself was proven. And here we are as little eaglets. Saying, Father, under the same message. We are not Pentecostals. But we have believed the bleeding word. We want to become what we are eating. Lord Jesus Christ. So when we go out there, we're going to pull the devil back. Lord Jesus Christ, equip us. Equip every individual, every brother, every sister that has come, oh God, to this convention. Lord Jesus Christ, they have not come to witness a man, but they have come to meet with you, the supreme deity. Oh Lord, Bring out the carrots in our lives. Bring out that nature that is Christ-like. May we stand, oh God, on our job, chapter 42, looking back and say, he has been faithful during our trials. Even, even when we didn't have anything, he was faithful. Even when we had plenty, he was faithful. Lord Jesus Christ, it is without a doubt that each and every one of us has got something that they are going through. Father, some are lacking financially. Father, some, some have been troubled with sickness for years and for months, for, for, for decades. Some are standing here, Lord, tormented. They can't sleep at night. The devil visits and ravishes them. Oh, Father, some have got problems that they cannot share with the next person. And I believe you are the all-seeing eye. You know it all, oh God. And you do not take your children through the pipe. 
and over on the other side and you say they have overcome you have placed each and every one of us in our different situations so that you can prove who we are and we have been told tonight that we are more than overcomers lord jesus christ we feel like the real seed of god when the devil tries to bury us he doesn't know that we are seed we are going to germinate may we go out lord god almighty may this faith not die but may it germinate may it go and overcome may they go back to their workplaces and overcome their situations. May they go back to their homes and overcome in their homes. May they go back to every trial, every temptation. We nest from this preaching of our brother. Almighty God, and we know something, Lord, has already taken place. Because we believe that the preaching of the word, Lord, is the casting away of demons. You said you send your word to heal our diseases. Father, we thank you for using our brother. It wasn't him speaking to us because we didn't come to hear from him. We know it was you, Lord, talking to our hearts. It was you, Lord, giving us all those examples, showing us, Lord God Almighty, that if it was possible with them, it is possible also with us. Lord, we accept it. We thank you. We love you. We appreciate you and we celebrate the victory, oh God, that we have already harnessed. We thank you, Father. We say give him more, for there is more days ahead of us. Oh, Father, what a background you've given us. We pray that you strengthen his body, strengthen his mind. Oh, God, stretch forth his hand deeper into thy storehouse. Because you are the one who knows our situations. You are the one who can discern what we're going through. Father, and I pray that you move him in the channel of revelation and inspiration, Father. That his preaching can be just a direct discernment to our situation. Speak to each and every one of us. Bless our pastor, Madiba. Oh God, even for the burden of hosting these meetings. I pray that you bless his family also. Bless his ministry also. Bless this, this, this entire convention, Lord. Every person that's already here, some that are still coming, Father, we love and appreciate you. May we take this word in our hearts as we go to our different places. We love and appreciate you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And all shall say, Amen. God bless you. Let's take your seats. I just want to acknowledge the Port Elizabeth Saints. They traveled afar off to get to this place. If they can stand to their feet so that we can acknowledge them. Amen. A round of applause for them. God bless you richly. Amen. And then the other acknowledgements, we make them tomorrow. Uh, make sure that uh, throughout the night, you pray for the meetings. And come tomorrow with an expectant heart. Amen. Shall we stand and just sing a song? I think two songs and then after you are dismissed. Amen. <laughs> Minagi so 
Jesus 
when I wake up. 